0: Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad Mac Rhodes, director of athletics for Baylor University, could hear that. Could hear that great commentary comparing some of the Baylor Lady Bears to the Showtime Lakers. Although both teams extremely talented, Mac Rhodes right off the top of the show today. And Mac, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show, which is now which now ends at two o'clock. I think less of me is more and i think that i think that's probably the way management now looks at this but uh man it is great to be visiting with you again on ESPN Central Texas
1: well it's it's great to be visiting with you and uh and we missed you and i and i mean that sincerely and uh and i'm just glad you're back and uh and i'm glad you're 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 feeling better and uh just uh
0: grateful it wasn't any worse
1: and uh just thankful again that uh that you're back and, and doing what you do best
0: well i uh, i appreciate that and uh mac your staff uh right on you know all the sids and uh, between taylor david and 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 then of course jeremiah and jovan the whole gang uh were incredible about checking in and you as well so just know i appreciate it and uh Mac, I would recommend you've always been a pretty athletic guy. I am going to, I'm going to embrace the Peloton era from now on. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> the the indoor bike, that's the direction I'm going.
1: I I understand, I understand, and and probably a good move. So,
0: <laughs> all right, Mac, let's uh, let's jump in here because my goodness, it's been so long since we've talked, and and a lot of things have been happening. Um, our good friend, and boy, you're. Uh, great longtime deputy jeremiah dickey has uh has uh, spread his wings and he's flown off to boise uh and now he's at boise state as the athletic director i know that's uh, bittersweet because you know you guys made a, a great team but i mean that has to be i would think mac a really cool moment when you kind of uh mentor somebody and then you get to go see them take over uh, their own place he becomes another member of the uh, Mac Rhodes athletic director tree well I
1: you know first and foremost I'm so happy for him and and proud of him and you know um, as you mentioned Jeremiah and I've worked together for for many years and um, you know we, we we know his wife um, Elizabeth right when we were together at Akron when when Elizabeth and him were were dating, and they they worked in in the department together, and uh, and their children, and and so um, just uh, excited for for them, and uh, you know it's it's like you know your your family, your little brother, right when they when they do something or there's a big moment in their life, you know you're you're so proud of proud of them and, and happy for them, and and it feels very much the the, the same way, and. Um, you know, like you said, it's bittersweet um, because uh, certainly the the personal relationship you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss the day to day interaction, but uh, but you also know it's time it's time for him to to lead his own program. Uh, Boise is extremely blessed; the community is extremely blessed that, that Jeremiah and his family are are, are going to become part of it. Right? Uh, he'll do a great job leading it, um, and and I think. You know his ability to move on and to be a, be an athletic director speaks well for for, for Baylor athletics. And um, you know Jer- Jeremiah knows and understands that uh, he wouldn't wouldn't have that opportunity without all the wonderful people that he that he worked with here. And uh, and we've got just unbelievable people here, great talent, and um, so uh, a great new opportunity for for Jeremiah, but but also a great new opportunity for for us as as uh, we move, move forward and, and think about, you know, that best, that best pathway forward.
0: Did you ever, I'm trying to think back on your career. Did you ever step into one of those new jobs and like have to make a coach hire in that first week, basically, or like immediately, that's a, that's an interesting position that Jeremiah found himself in with uh, Boise state, Brian Harson leaving to go to Auburn and having a new hire to make. Did that, have you had to kind of step into um uh similar things where you're like i mean the immediate i know at baylor you you had to hit the ground running like crazy but uh what what are some situations you've been in like that
1: yeah i you know and probably not at the magnitude you know when when i was at at Akron and people don't know this about Akron but you know division one soccer you know highest highest level men's soccer it's one of the most storied program in the in the country, right? They've won a national championship, you know, and and they had lost their coach before I even took the job. So I was actually doing that search while I was still being employed at UTEP and and dealing with that. So that's probably – uh, what's most similar. And, and it's really hard to navigate because, you know, you're, you're trying to transition in and who can you trust and learn the the culture and how you do things yet. And then you, you got this, this big hire right. Um, on your plate and, and, and the pressure to do it. And so, um, you know, when, when Jeremiah and I talked just recently, right. You, you go back to your, your fundamentals, you go back to your core values and, and, uh, and during this period of transition, that that's, that's what you rely on. And so he'll, he'll do a great job of, of picking the next, um, you know, the next great football coach at Boise state.
0: All right. Uh, talking to Mac Rhodes, uh, Baylor director of athletics, Mac, what do you, uh, this Dave Aranda, uh, situation where he felt like he needed to make some staff changes right, uh, right away after that first season, before we get into Jeff Grimes as the new, uh, uh, the new offensive coordinator. What? Did, what? You know? What? You've seen this have to happen. What? What did you kind of? Uh, uh, what do you make of that? What did you learn about Dave through this situation? Because obviously the COVID and it wasn't the year you wanted going two and eight. But um, I guess the upside is, hey, you don't wait around. If something's not working, you might as well make some changes. How do you assess that whole situation with some? With, uh, with really several new offensive coaches coming in?
1: Well, one, I'm, I'm grateful that, that, you know, Coach Aranda's in that chair making those decisions because he's going to be really thoughtful. You know, anytime you make decisions, right, it impacts people. It impacts people's family, right? And so you, you do that with, with thoughtfulness and um, and care, right? And, um, and I'm also grateful that, you know, hey, um, it – whatever reasons right and, and and i don't i don't think we can we can you know blame you know those those specific individuals um you know solely right there there was a lot of a lot of factors right you know try try implementing a new new offense right new scheme when you don't even have you know spring ball to 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 do it right and and you're new and you're, you're trying to form relationships and so just so many different mitigating factors, but, um, you know, I, uh, I respect the fact that, you know, Hey, um, for a lot of different reasons, you know, we weren't, weren't as good as, as we should have been on on the offensive side of the ball. And so, um, let's, let's face it, right. Let's, um, take it on, you know, stare it right in, right in the face and, and, and make decisions, you know, why, and, and, and then, you know, how do we, how do we get better? And so, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, we felt like he felt like, you know, we needed to make those, those changes, right? That's what was best. Um, you know, it's about what's best for the program, not, not what, what's best for, for any one individual, and, uh, and decided to make, make those changes. And then what you do, right? You go. Uh, you go and, and uh, you, you move forward in, in trying to hire the, the best people, right? Um, and so he's, he's done that and, uh, obviously, you know, I, I completely support it. And, uh, and I think we've landed in a, in a, in a really, really good place. And as you mentioned, Matt, it, it is hard. It was hard. It's, it's hard to evaluate this year because of the COVID piece, but, but at the same time, right, I don't know that you can risk and chance, you know, not, not changing. And, uh, and so again, completely supported the change.
0: Talking to Mac Rhodes, uh, Baylor Director of Athletics. Okay, this new offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, uh, everything I've read, he just seems like an incredible fit with Baylor, and I think it's always smart. Anybody that's ever spent any time with Lavelle Edwards, and I know he played at UTEP, but also spent time early in his life out there at BYU, I mean, that's a – that's a smart thing to do. Mac, what have you been able to gather uh, about him that leads you to believe maybe you can get this offense back where it needs to be, uh, which is, you know, we I think we all thought this was going to be an incredible uh, group of receivers this year. And they have all sorts of talent out there. And for whatever reason, man, guys like Taquan Thornton, who were so great the year before in that uh, March to the Sugar Bowl just didn't put up the numbers. And we can blame whoever we want to blame. But what, uh, what about Grimes gets you excited and makes you think Baylor can kind of get back to where it was the previous season and other seasons?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, for those that know, know, uh, know Jeff, he, um, he's, he's a wonderful person, great person, as you mentioned, terrific fit. Um, I think he's a really good leader. Um, I, I think he's, he's commanding, right? Um, proven, proven track record. Right. And, and, uh, and I think his offense has an identity, right. Um, And so, you know, all of those things, I think bode well for, for him and, and and certainly for, for our football program. Uh, Obviously, you know, the, 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 numbers this year, you know, at BYU offensively speak for themselves, right. Um, I think third in the country in, in scoring, right? Total offense, seventh, um, explosive plays. You know, I think they led the, the, the FBS in plays of, of 30 or more. And, and, uh, I think they, you know, tied for, for the lead in terms of yards per play at seven, 7.8 yards per play. And so, um, again, the, the, the proven track record in, in for me, it's, It's, you know, um, just having command, right, of, of everything offense and this, this identity that, that I think that he will build, you know, from the very, very start. This is who we are. This is how we're going to do it, right? Um, and, and I think also, you know, it's, it's not about, um, it's not about with him doing more. It's, it's, we're going to, we're going to do less. And we're just going to do it really dang good. And, uh, and so um, I, I appreciate his philosophy. Obviously, obviously, uh, Coach Aranda does, but uh, excited, excited to, to turn it over to, uh, to him uh, in his terms old, of the offense.
0: You know, his old head coach, David Lee at UTEP, compared him to another guy that used to be on that UTEP staff, um, Andy Reid. And uh, that, that I think there could be uh, no higher compliment in, in terms of just kind of the person, but also the, the mind that he has. And I think sometimes we wonder, can an O-line coach, you know, can they make that transition to play calling? And it seems like so far Grimes has been able to do that. So um, I, I would say, Mac, uh, an Andy Reid comparison has to – has to um, that, that's a good thing.
1: You know, I absolutely. I mean, if you, you think about offensive minds out there, you think about you know pro and college together. You know you you put Andy Reid certainly um, in the top ten and and maybe even even better than that. And and uh, you know I talk about doing doing less and doing it really really well. That doesn't mean that that we're not that we're not innovative, right? And uh, and I think that's that's also a piece of it too. Um, really really innovative um, has been innovative over over his career. And and here's the other thing that that I I personally like right. It gives Sean Bell, who's who's been here right um, for four seasons, entering his fifth. Um, you know, a, a guy that played the position right. I I think Sean Bell's a, a rising star um, in in this profession, and it gives him an ability now to grow and and to coach quarterbacks. And uh, and I think that's that's another you know positive for for uh, how. Coach Aranda's putting this all together.
0: All right, and, and I do need to – I wanted to ask you, this um, This was a head-scratcher, I think, to a lot of Baylor fans. Uh, Ryan Pugh was hired to be the O-line coach, and obviously he has history with uh, with Jeff Grimes. And then a day later, uh, Dave Aranda makes the announcement that they're going to go a different direction. Can you shed any light on uh, on what happened there?
1: Yeah. I mean, because it's a personnel issue, you know, I'm going to be really sensitive and, and I'm limited, but uh, you know, we, we obviously, when, when you hire, you know, and make a hire, you, you, you do a, an extreme amount of, of due diligence. Uh, we do including professional background check um, and, uh, and, and not just background check, but, but phone calls, conversations, all those things. And um you know, after we we had done all of that, and after we announced the the hire, there was just uh, you know some things where we just felt like we needed to go in a in a different direction, and, uh, and that's probably the, the the best way that uh, that I that I can explain it.
0: Okay, yeah, and uh, and obviously we'll see where uh, he goes from there. And then got the uh, the receivers coach out of boy, uh, well, the former Clemson wide receivers. So it's always kind of exciting. It does seem like Dave turns to some of these uh, some of the best programs in the country to bring in staff, and I think that uh, is always a pretty exciting deal. Talking to Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics. Uh, Mac, what have you? Um, what can you tell us about the Baylor uh, women's program? That uh, six-ranked program has uh, has push pause. We know that now. The uh, obviously the Connecticut game is off. We're excited about that one. It's supposed to be tonight, and then that next one. Kansas State has really had some trouble. They've they've uh, uh, postponed a number of games. So I believe that next game is off. Thirteenth, um, I think, was going to be. The the next time Baylor could play, but now Kim is coming back. If I understand the timeline, on the fifteenth, we believe she'll be okay and recovered from uh, testing positive for COVID. What can you tell us about kind of where the women's program is and when we can? When you hope that they can get rolling again?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and uh, you know we're still working through, um, you know the the contract tracing piece of this, right. You know, we certainly believe it's, it's impacted some coaches and, and some student athletes. And so we, we don't have, you know, the finality of it, of it yet as as we, you know, continue to kind of work through that, but um, hopefully it, it doesn't extend beyond the, the, the Kansas state game, but um, you know, we're going to be careful. We're going to do our due diligence, right. We're going to make sure again, everybody's safe and, and we're prepared to play. Um, I wish I could give you a better answer, but that's, that's candidly where we, where we're at today. And, um, you know, um, I hate it. I hate, you know, the cancellation, you know, I was talking about this yesterday, the c- cancellation of the, of the Yukon game tonight. Um, I hate it for first and foremost, our student athletes, right. For, for our Baylor family and, and really for just women's basketball, um, obviously a highly, highly, anticipated game nationally and uh, I thought just really really good for women's basketball and it's a it's a very similar similar position to to the men's game that was that was canceled against um, against Gonzaga and um, I guess if there's a silver lining and, and there's some positive news right it's, it's the fact that uh, that Baylor both its men's and women's program um, you know, are, are at a place where um, they were going to compete in some games that were, were actually national spotlight games. And so, mm-hmm. um, but we'll get it back on track. And, um, you know, it's, it's what we're living with in terms of COVID. And uh, we'll get it back on track, and we'll look forward to uh, a great remainder of the season for both, for both programs.
0: Maybe we just shouldn't announce them. Have you thought about that? Maybe like <laughs> they just, it yeah. just happens one day. It just kind of surprises everybody. Oh my gosh, Gonzaga and Baylor on TV <laughs> yeah. might be might be wise for for us to do that so. <laughs> at this point. At this point, I I get it. Um, anything uh, anything new following your. Um, your hearing with the NCAA any timetable on that—my gosh, that thing has—I uh, know—hung over you for years now. Uh, any, uh, do you get any indication? I know you can't say much about it. I know I remember the statement. You felt good about. Uh, everybody seemed to feel good about the back and forth, and, and what y'all said. Where where are we in the timeline with that? Or do you have any? Uh, can you shed any light on that for us?
1: You know, I, I really can't. You know, I, I would just say, you, you know, if you followed other cases, right after mm-hmm. after the the hearing, right? It's it's usually, you know, a, a couple months. Um, you know, we're we're assuming, you know, probably same same timeline. You know, you've got to factor in obviously for us holidays um, that that you know we went through obviously in December and then. You know, COVID's had an impact on, on everybody, including including the NCA and and, uh, and and the staff um, there. And so, you know, how does that impact it? So, um, traditionally, that's what you, you that's what you've seen with, with other cases. And um, so, you know, I I think we use that as a maybe a guide, but but not you know necessarily any anything firm
0: all right uh talking to mac Rhodes, baylor director of La- athletics the last thing i had for you and uh, boy appreciate it so much fun to get to talk to you again uh charlie brewer uh, who's been such a uh, unbelievable leader uh for this program you know made that decision to uh transfer to utah i mean that's a, i know that's got to be an odd feeling you you, you feel good for him because he gave so much to our school uh but then he's going to go try to help you know, somebody else, what do you, you know, this whole transfer, the portal that's changed and evolved over the time you've been in athletics and, uh, for better or worse, however, you know, people can look at it either way. What were your, uh, what was kind of your gut reaction to, uh, to seeing that news, a guy that had been, uh, uh, pretty, uh, you know, a huge part of the big turnaround that y'all had in football.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, you know, one, um, if you were going to part ways, um, I, I, I appreciated the, the way we, we did it with, with Charlie. And, um, you know, for me, that was personal. I, I love Charlie Brewer. Um, he's, a, he's a quality young man. He's endured a lot. Uh, he's, he's given a lot, right? And I think he would, he would also tell you that, that Baylor's given him a lot. He's got a wonderful family, love his family. Um, you know, every time he went on the field, he he gave it, gave it his all. And so, um, you know, it was one of those, those bittersweet moments. And, um, and I think it it was also something that, that was good for Charlie um, to, to probably, you know, sometimes it's just time to, to, to move on. And so I I think it was really good for Charlie to, to be able to do that. And it was probably good for us um, just, you know, in that quarterback room and we got a lot of talent there and, giving given some, some other guys, maybe some, some opportunity, but, um, there's, there's no bigger fan of, of Charlie Brewer. He's a, he's a, he's a terrific young man. And, and, um, uh, you know, I, I hope that, um, he's got great success at, at, at Utah and, and, and again, wish him nothing but the best.
0: Yeah, well, I, uh, I I agree with you. And you know, I wish our our fandom wouldn't get so caught up. You know, occasionally there are people on social media. Uh, Mac, you do a good job of staying off Twitter as much as you can. But that say, you know, they're going to say awful things or whatever, and then people respond to them. And I think our best thing to do would be, you know, I would say ninety eight percent of our fan base is hugely appreciative and loves that kid and I I think we, we would be better off not responding to the one or two percent who wake up in the morning and feel like they need to take shots at 17 18 year old kids but anyway Mac that's just my my final editorial comments there but uh I um, I, I hope I think as he gets older and everything I, I think they'll look back and 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 love their Baylor experience
1: yeah I, and, and I do too you know I, I think about the year before, right in the sugar bowl run and, and, and CFP ranking of fifth or sixth going into, you know, going into the sugar bowl. I mean, we're, we're not playing in the sugar bowl without Charlie Brewer. And, um, and again, just laid his, laid his body on on the line and and gave it everything that that he could uh, every game. And, And so, um, and obviously from my chair, right, in, in, in being here in the athletic department and, and forming a relationship and, and knowing who he is and, and how he's built, right, um, just a, a special young man. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, just wish him the very, very best.
0: All right. Well, Mac, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, you're so, always so generous with your time. And uh, it was great to, great to catch up with you. Appreciate you. And uh, we will talk to you soon.
1: Well, appreciate you, Matt, and again, so glad that you're, you're feeling better and that you're back um,
0: and, and doing what
1: you're doing. You're, you're one of the best, so thank you.
0: Well, I really appreciate that. There he goes, Mac Rhodes, Baylor uh, Director of Athletics, on the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. And, of course, we rolled in a little longer than usual because we had so much to catch up with. Uh, with Max, some very interesting uh, comments there. Some things we need to uh, uh, to talk about and react to. And then, of course, at uh, in our final uh, segment today, we'll get into some of the uh, the Baylor Oklahoma game from last night. Discuss a little bit of that, and uh, get uh, Stephen has some thoughts, and I certainly have some thoughts on how the team is looking and and kind of where this thing is heading right now. Lots to discuss as we move on. We'll be back to. Uh, Talk about what Mac Road said about uh, numerous topics, including uh, Baylor women's basketball. That is next.
2: There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is the Fox 44
3: weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today, but still very breezy across the region. High temperatures top out at 54 degrees. It'll be partly cloudy tonight. We drop to 35 and tomorrow partly to mostly sunny skies. It'll be a little bit cooler with a high of 51. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com
2: for any changes in the weather recently on the matt mosley show you've really brushed up during uh during this off time like you're just coming out firing dropping stats i love this
0: that's what happened with the accident it hit i hit my head and now all i want to talk about is analytics
2: (laughs) you're like mike mccarthy you came back from sabbatical and now you're really into math
0: How about that? (laughs) Mike McCarthy, hold up with those guys. Guys, let's start calculating
2: things. I'm really into math now. Listen to the Matt Mosley show in its new time slot, Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Nobody has a better selection of Ram trucks than Cameron Autoplex. Need a large truck for your growing family? They've got that. Need a do everything truck? They've got that. Need a heavy duty work truck? They've got that too. More and more Central Texas buyers are making that short drive to Cameron Autoplex on Highway 77 South in Cameron and to CameronAutoplex.com. Find out why. New truck owners are saying it's always cheaper in Cameron.
5: My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. The Army National Guard has taught me the value of showing respect to those I come in contact with each day. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed and accomplish the mission. Plus, the Army National Guard education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn how you too can live and serve part-time, close to home by visiting nationalguard.com.
3: Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard, aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station.
4: ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Brett Automotive. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence went to social media yesterday to announce he would enter the NFL draft. Cleveland Browns coach Kevin Stefanski said, his team is full speed ahead after the latest round of COVID-19 testing produced no new positive results. Browns are scheduled to face Pittsburgh on Sunday. Macy OT scored 17 points. Matthew Meyer had 16 as the Bears improved to 10-0, only for the fifth time in team history, with a 76-61 win over Oklahoma last night in the Farrell Center. Up next for the Bears, a trip to Fort Worth to face TCU. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson headlined the newest group of finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, joining four other first-time finalists Also new to the final slate: Calvin Johnson, Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, and Clay Matthews Jr. SportsCenter every twenty
2: minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me.
0: At Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, rolling through the one o'clock hour. Fun to be back. Really fun to have Mac Rhodes on, and uh, fun to be back with Stephen Simcox, my great friend and and uh, loyal sidekick and buddy. We are uh, we are doing our thing, uh, rolling through the one o'clock, and then uh, Stephen gets ready. He does some work over on Fox in the afternoon. Those guys do a great job. And this afternoon, Stephen, I will be on at four fifteen on game time with uh, with Tom Barfield talking some cowboys. And uh, so that'll happen at about four fifteen this afternoon. I'll uh, I'll jump over there. So Stephen, if y'all need me at five fifteen, then I'll I'll <laughs> run over to Fox. Doesn't Gotta matter, run, man.
2: Run the gamut. No, that'll be fun. Uh, Tom having sort of a historical slash like favorite Cowboys conversation and interested to hear your, your perspective on it. Cause I know. So did you, let, let me ask you this and I don't want to get too off track, but you've covered this team for so long. Did you grow up like a diehard Cowboys fan? And then, yes. okay. Okay. Yes. So there's I mean, some, was, there is some emotion there with some of those, with some of those teams.
0: Sure. Like, and when I started covering the Cowboys under the Bill Parcells regime, I would do some of those, like, legendary-type stories. And through that, um, got to be really good friends with Cliff Harris. You know, he's been on our show. Uh, Rayfield Wright. uh, Bob Lilly. Uh, I know Lilly has been on the station recently. I think uh, Tom had him on a a few months ago. But just, man, the relationships with those guys. So, yeah, those are more the legends to me. And then I started... I came in and started covering the Cowboys after the triplets were finished, okay? So it was 2003, uh, Parcells' first year. So I would have a really hard time. All those guys I covered, and I've covered them since 2003, they've had some great players, and you could make – I think Tom and I are going to talk a little bit about that. He wanted to talk about the three greatest Cowboys of all time. Ware is a great player. Witten is a great player. And, of course, Tony Romo. But I don't think those are the three that come to um, my mind from the era in which I've worked and covered. Now, Stephen, not to go too far back, but I did start in 2000 as the editorial writer for the now-defunct Arlington Morning News. So when the mayor or somebody would do something or the city or or the local representative... Or one the, of the senators, the junior senator from the state of Texas. I was i was the voice of that newspaper. And I would react, man. And I would, uh, but you know, Stephen, you know my personality. That was a little odd to write these things and then not have my name attached to it. Those <laughs> were just, you know, edit- the opinion page in the papers, as people know that read newspapers, the editorials don't have a name attached to it. Steven, you can imagine, that's not really my style, to not have my name attached to something.
2: You're just a ghostwriter? That's that's funny.
0: That was <laughs> well, like a... Just, yeah, no, that's just what they do. That's, that's what newspapers they do. Okay. When you get the final page, like in the Waco Trib, the main section of the Waco Trib, you get the final page. The Waco Trib has an editorial section. And so there's a group of folks, I don't know how many they would have, but they kind of formulate a, a plan. And... Uh, and all those years ago, it was uh, – I was at the Arlington Morning News. In fact, Kevin Longquist, who comes on with us sometimes, uh, I was over there with him. And, um, you know, he he, uh, he covered – we covered Arlington sports, Arlington High School sports, and then even out into DeSoto and Duncanville, which I covered, like, like it was the SEC. I mean, it was kind of cool looking back on it. I mean, we – we covered those teams like the ultimate. So, at some point, I got on the Mansfield Lady Tigers beat. And they won. And you think, oh, Matt, that's that's weird. I mean, I, the Mansfield Lady Tigers beat. Steven, they won like three or four consecutive state titles. They had a coach named Samantha Morrow. And they were it. They were like the high school team in the country. and um, And that was my beat. And, you know, the enterprising young reporter that I was, at at one tournament, I thought some of the fans, or I thought some of the uh, Mansfield fans did not behave well toward the officials and everything, and I wrote that, and boy, you would have thought, I mean, I I was lucky my career didn't end right there. And to this day, Samantha Morrow and I have become great friends, but... uh, But boy, she would not talk to me for the longest time, and she wanted somebody else on that beat. Get somebody else in here on this Mansfield Lady Tiger beat. So that was about '98 or '99. Then I wrote editorials, and then Stephen. And then I went over and started covering high schools for the Dallas Morning News. Plano West, um, Plano West High School was a new, relatively new high school, and I covered that high school. And then in 2003. I was called up to the big leagues to cover the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, and that's where I started covering uh, Bill Parcells. And he used to ask the PR people, he said, who's that guy that that has such weird looks on his face? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then the sunglasses were born.
0: Yeah, um, and he, it, yeah, he said one time, he's like, it looks like he's a dog looking through a glass of water. <laughs>
2: That's a very specific. <laughs> I think visual. that's what he said. I think. No, I, I don't part. doubt you. Uh, uh, it, it does not surprise me that you somehow got yourself in trouble on the Mansfield <laughs> girls basketball beat, and and it had to be taken off. Okay, so we we have a caller on hold, Matt. We got one on hold. So do you want to take okay. that right now? Oh, do you well, want to talk one. to Mac? Okay.
0: And then we'll do we'll talk Mac. You want to talk Mac in our final segment?
2: Yeah, we can do that. Okay, I, I love All this right, hour long format. <laughs> just yeah, just we rock can and do roll. whatever
0: we want. Yeah. All right. And then if we if there's something else I need to say today, I'll just say it at four fifteen on Tom's show on game time. I'll just say it. four fifteen
2: to six. Mosley and Tom. <laughs>
0: That's right. What if he just keeps me on? Mosley, say stick around here for another for another hour and fifteen minutes. Okay. Uh one where is Juan today?
2: Juan, are you in Waco? You're on the air with us. What's up, Juan? Yeah, right. I'm
0: out of Waco, but I'm I'm on the highway making deliveries right now. I got a question for you though. You said you started uh,
1: covering the Cowboys after the Triplets were gone. So, who do you think
2: was the best quarterback between Aikman and uh, Romo between that time?
0: Well, now that's a you know that's an interesting question. Juan, and boy, great to hear from you. I I had a, it. We didn't think Romo would ever play. Uh, I had a really close relationship with him, and get, so got to know him really well when he was a backup. And then, of course, one day he suddenly is dating. Carrie Underwood and Jessica Simpson—like his life changed in a hurry. All our life changed at times. I I have rarely witnessed anybody's who whose life changed that quickly. But Tony was great. But but again, you have got to give the edge to Troy because of the three Super Bowls and and just the Troy had a vice grip on. I mean. You know, I'm trying. I'm thinking through this. I mean, I could almost pers- be persuaded to just do three quarterbacks for the Cowboys: Meredith, Roger, of course, and Troy, and just leave it at that. But I'm probably not going to do that. There, there are, there are better players than Dandy Don. Although I, there may not be more beloved players. Although one thing people don't know, the old timers do out there, but the people kind of fifty and younger don't realize, or fifty-five and younger, or whatever. Don't realize that Don Meredith was almost, like, forced out of town just by the hatred and the vitriol from sports writers, fans. I mean, he, he retired early and then, of course, became maybe the most beloved broadcaster ever. But to, for, to answer Juan's question definitively, uh, certainly I would go with Troy Aikman over Romo. Although Romo, based on where he came from and undrafted status, unreal. Unbelievable, the career he had and the, and the numbers he put up. But, uh, but yes, Troy would, would certainly win out over Romo. And I just kind of barely, Troy was retiring as I was kind of starting my career. So Troy retired in 2000. In 2003, to wrap this thing up, I ended up covering that Baylor basketball scandal under Dave Bliss and for the morning news. And so we were fortunate enough to win some awards for our coverage of that, and that is when I was assigned uh, to covering the Cowboys. So it was through tragedy and a horrible story that sort of gave me an opportunity, and uh, they felt like I did well enough on that, and they said, okay, you're covering the Cowboys now. All right, uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox having a fun time on a Thursday afternoon. I feel like this week's gone pretty quickly, Stephen. Maybe because we didn't work Monday, or I didn't work Monday. Um, but next, let's dig into what Mac Rhodes told us, uh, Baylor Director of Athletics, about the program, about some of these hires, and about Charlie Brewer. All of that is next. Baylor Big 12 Basketball Saturday with Pat and John here on the Home of the Bears.
1: Scott Drew and the second-ranked Bears back on the road in Big 12 play Saturday at TCU. 1.30 for the Pizza Hut countdown to tip-off. 2 p.m. tip-off Saturday for the Bears and the
4: Frogs. Baylor Big 12 basketball Saturday here on the Home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar. Or even the man cave think about it, the most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way, so it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials.
3: Listen, in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of people moving in from out of state to Waco thanks to Chipper and JoJo. And while we welcome these new citizens, they unfortunately brought some of their bad habits with them. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters and you know what I'm talking about, naked trucks. You'd think everyone moved here from McNuteville. but we shouldn't judge them, we should help them. For example, when you see a recent transplant truck from a less civilized state like California, Instead of saying, your truck is disgusting, your bed is exposed, get a bed cover on that truck, buddy. That's a bit harsh. Instead, try something like, you know in Texas, it's not polite to drive around with your bed exposed. Maybe you should check out the excellent selection of bed covers at Pickup Outfitters. And then if they refuse, you can say, well, I hear New Mexico's a nice state. Let's help our new neighbors and let them know that truck nudity is not okay. Let them know about Pickup Outfitters of Waco and send them to our website, Create a
4: commotion.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Brett Automotive. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence went to social media yesterday to announce he would enter the NFL draft. Cleveland Browns coach Kevin Stefanski said his team is full speed ahead after the latest round of COVID 19 testing produced no new positive results. Browns are scheduled to face Pittsburgh on Sunday. Macy OT scored 17 points. Matthew Meyer had 16 as the Bears improved to 10-0 only for the fifth time in team history with a 76-61 win over Oklahoma last night in the Farrell Center. Up next for the Bears, a trip to Fort Worth to face TCU. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson headlined the newest group of finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, joining four other first-time finalists also new to the final slate, Calvin Johnson, Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, and Clay Matthews Jr.
2: Sports Center every 20 minutes. Only on ESPN Central Texas.
0: She grew up in the Indiana town, had a good looking model, never was around, but she grew up tall. Boy, Stephen, I tell you, really loving your music so far. We started back up. The Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, classic rock. Tom Petty, golly, miss Tom, miss Tom, miss a lot of folks. We lost uh, since I've been off the air. We lost Charlie Pride. Woo! Mm. Man, we've lost some good ones. I mean, some of those songs will just make you cry right on the air, Steve. If you play some <laughs> Charlie Pride, just start crying.
2: It's great. Uh, yep. Who's who's headed to San Antonio? That's a good one.
0: I uh, I was. Uh, that was my first concert I ever attended. Charlie
2: Pride. Where was it at? Was it in, uh, like, Dallas area or East Texas? No,
0: my dad took me and and mom took me to the inauguration. Uh, We went to the ball, to the inauguration of Governor Mark White, former Baylor lawyer and um, former Baylor. uh, He was a Baylor grad. Uh, Mark's uh, I better be careful here been known to say somebody's not with us anymore and they actually are but i do believe we lost mark i'm pretty feel pretty sure about that uh but governor white i attended his inauguration and charlie pride performed and there i was little that would have been 19 what was mark white governor let's call it 83 or something like that i don't know somewhere around there and uh And that was pretty cool, man. I'm almost sure that's what we were doing. I think it was the inauguration of Mark White. My dad'll text in, or my dad texts you more than he texts me now, Stephen. I think. Well,
2: he he found out how to DM me on Twitter, so he'll send me things. I love it. uh, The other day, he sent me your appearance on the herd and was letting Uh me know that you were back in action. And um, I'm just always impressed that you know he he knows how to do all that.
0: Well, when I was down for the count and we didn't know when I might be back on the station. I mean, Dad, I think was more concerned about your career than mine. He was like, "Now, what are they doing with was Like, well, Dad, I mean, shouldn't we focus on what they're doing with me? <laughs> that's
2: okay. My, Mike Simcock stopped me the other day, my father, and uh, he said, "Hey, I'm I'm so glad Matt's back on the air." And I was like, "Thanks, Dad." Didn't say anything about me, but just was that's happy right. you're back on the air,
0: son. <laughs> Good. To- no, they just like hear they, things are better at the station when the two of us are together, and I think that's, that's right, kind yep. of what everybody knows and believes um all right it is uh, it is the matt mosley show with Stephen simcox earlier today about a 24, 24 25 minute conversation with mac Rhodes, baylor director of athletics now Stephen, we won't keep him quite that long every time i felt a little bad about that but i just thought hey i've been out for three months or whatever I need to catch up on some things And I thought that was interesting. Steven, I know there were some things that jumped out at you. Talked about uh, Deputy uh, Athletic Director Jeremiah Dickey leaving and kind of what that would mean. I enjoyed talking to him about Jeff Grimes, the Baylor's new offensive coordinator. And uh, I I just think there's some thought that this guy aligns. Uh, People like to talk about alignment in coaching. And I I think – I think Mac really wanted to get across to us how how much he appreciated the way Dave Aranda handled all this. Can't be easy to bring in families, assistant coaches, uh, and then have to let them go after a year. That's not good. That doesn't feel good to anybody. I promise you. And the guy who feels the, wor- the worst about worst about it is uh, is Dave Aranda. And I think that's one of the things Mac wanted to get across is that he felt great about how Dave Aranda was able to handle all that and uh and and take care of that because those are not easy things this jeff grimes seemingly is a uh i again i don't want to say home run higher because i like to see like one play or one game before i before i just kind of you know some of these people are just like all right we this is the greatest offseason ever well okay let's wait just fired all the most of the offensive staff let's go ahead and see how this goes before we just kind of go greatest hires ever okay well, that's not what we do here we're not this is not a fan site type deal but i would say that uh, what i hear about jeff grimes what his college head coach told us um uh, david lee um I, I, you just have to feel good about it and i think uh I think what Mac was was getting across to us is just the man, his his approach, and his beliefs, and his just everything about him really, really fits Baylor's uh, mission. And uh, I would say, um, I would say so far, and, and just coming from the credibility when you bring in somebody that was calling plays uh, with a quarterback and an offense that went off the charts all right that's uh that's i mean no disrespect because i i've always liked larry fedora but larry was removed i mean he was fired at north carolina and then he had you know he was on staff at ut as a consultant i mean he was a little a few years removed from being real successful on offense this guy rolls into waco uh and in a big way coming from a great young quarterback uh, in Zach Wilson, and, and a high in a high-flying offense, and a team. Stephen, we'd have to say that BYU, scheduling on the fly like they did, pretty impressive bunch this year.
2: Oh, they were greatly impressive. And, I mean, I'm not saying that this was a, a good thing for them, but I feel like having less teams playing, especially on the West Coast early in the year, really benefited that program because they got a chance to shine um, he, he was fantastic in that offense, or leading that offense. That is Zach Wilson made himself, you know, maybe the third or second quarterback taken in this in this year's draft, and that was a name I honestly didn't know a lot about before the season, Matt. Uh, and I was going to ask you. Um, I, I know we haven't really seen these quarterbacks on the roster now at Baylor in game situations very often. We've seen Zeno some, we've seen Bohan and some. Um, but is there anyone that that you see in that quarterback room right now? that sort of reminds you of Zach Wilson. I know he's very polished because he had been playing college ball for a long time, but has, you know, similar attributes kind of plays the same way as he did. Uh, I mean, Zeno obviously has that great live arm, but I'm just trying to picture, you know, what, who, who might have the lead now that you have a different offense installed under Jeff Grimes in that quarterback competition.
0: I, I would have to say Zeno and I don't know what happened to make him the third string, but, you know, obviously at the end he was the one who came in. I, I would have to say he's the leader going into the offseason because of what you said. I mean, kind of a pro-style big arm. Um, and we haven't gotten to see him move around a lot, but I think he can – I certainly think he can. Uh, he can, you know, move around the pocket, climb in the pocket – I mean, one of the things that was really giving Charlie problems, you know, had some offensive line issues this year, but Charlie was getting the ball knocked down too much. And, and uh, I mean, there were times four or five deflections a game, and Charlie's great, man. When If you were in a close game and late, you know, if you could roll him out of the pocket, I mean, Charlie did such great things. But, man, there would be times in games where he just had – you had trouble getting that ball out of the pocket – because of because of Charlie's uh, stature and and again we've seen five eleven and six foot quarterbacks be successful in the NFL, so we can't totally blame any of those issues. um Zeno's a big dude, okay, he's got the measurables, and Stephen, to answer your question, which Baylor quarterback is most like Zach Wilson, I would have to say the kid that has arrived as a baseball slash football player, Blake Shapin. Um, who we've been told – or I I don't think he said it on air. We'll get him on soon. Uh, Rodrigo has told me, Steve Rodriguez, the uh, the Baylor baseball coach, I mean, this guy is a serious candidate to step in and and, and vie for playing time at at shortstop. I mean, this is not like, hey, we might put him in somewhere. This is a dude that could come in and be in the middle infield for Baylor, like, right away. Like, that's the kind of talent he has. So we'll see. He may end up putting baseball first. But if he, the reason I bring him up is because I think of great baseball players, sometimes it gives a foundation. Um, you see it with Mahomes. I'm not comparing anybody to Mahomes. I'm just saying I think his baseball background helps him immensely. And so I'm really excited to see Shapen. Now, drones, from a measurable standpoint, He probably has all the best. He 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 hits all the boxes better than anybody. But I don't think he's going to be ready right away. So I would go with Shapen as the most. To answer your question in a long-winded way, like I like to do, Stephen, I would say Shapen is most like Zach Wilson.
2: No, that's a good point on Shapen. That's a name I've heard a lot. And you mentioned Coach Rodriguez and. Just in the circles where people are really plugged into the team or are at practice, it, it seems like Blake, when he signed, it was almost like, "Hey, it's kind of cool. He's a football ba- ba- slash baseball player, but he's probably going to end up being a baseball player." Uh, but his name came up it, from Coach Aranda's like press conferences and availabilities a lot to the point that I thought, "Okay, he he seems like he's a factor in this quarterback room. Like, I don't think he's just you know the next starting shortstop for this Baylor baseball team moving forward."
0: I think you're right man i'm I'm getting excited i want some baseball you know one thing i didn't ask mac about steven that that we'll do next time or or try to figure this out won't that be interesting to figure out like when think about these big 12 and baylor has have have committed an unbelievable amount of resources to testing and testing their players now what you don't want to do and the nba has not done it in nfl you don't want to jump ahead of the elderly and get your vaccinations you know we want we want the most vulnerable in our country to to have the first shot at this thing. But at some point, you may have a, sh- you know, it, that's going to be fascinating to me. When when do we get to a point in the country where Baylor could vaccinate everybody? And I don't know when that is. I mean, that might be, I wish it was right before the NCAA basketball <laughs> tournament.
2: <laughs> Suddenly Mark Vidal gets, gets one. <laughs> Let's
0: get Mark one. Um, the good news is, well, I shouldn't say this because we want to make sure she's okay. It sounds like she's doing really well, but uh, Stephen, the Baylor men's and women's coaches, uh, at least as we understand COVID, won't be able to get this thing for about three months. I mean, if we really look at it that way.
2: Yeah, because they both. I didn't really think about it that way, but sh- that's that's a good point. They should not be infected in March if it. Mm-hmm. If, if it goes how uh, how we think it will, we, let's I get- think
0: that would have been I think that would have been an awkward thing to say to Mac. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Mac, let's look at the silver lining. <laughs> Mac, let's Both talk about some coaches. immunity.
2: Yeah, <laughs> who's <laughs> got the antibodies?
0: Have, have built up immunity to this thing.
2: Let's get Kim, Laura Irvin th- back on. <laughs>
0: we're thinking about you, Kim. I know you're out there listening, boy. She is a, and she gets mad at me. Woo. Woo. I've received some things from Kim before, but. Boy, I tell you, think the world of her. She and uh, she and Scott both. Wow, Baylor is fortunate. And Jerome Tang, goodness gracious, Chef Tang, one of the all-time greats and one of the great assistant coaches in the country. Shout out to Coach Tang, big listener of the Matt Mosley show with Stephen Simcox. All right, boy. Well, speaking of a big listener, it is J Mo with his two o'clock extravaganza. He's gone back to his old slot. Everybody seems to be excited about it. Oh, yeah, we get to hear J-Mo in the afternoons. So he's at 2. And then I'll be on game time at uh, 4.15 today with Tom Barfield. And then, of course, 3 o'clock, Stretch, Glenn Stretch-Smith, kind of our local coach and scout. So quite a lineup on ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to Stephen Simcox, one of the great producers and co-hosts in the game. We'll talk to you tomorrow.